listening to the Mystic Menagerie podcast, your regular descent into the world of alternative entertainment, art, and culture. Bolt the door, light the fire, and pour yourself a glass of virgin rouge, and let your hosts, Dan Baines and Lord Freddy Valentine, guide you through the stygian depths of your darkest delights. Warning. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the Mystic Menagerie COVID-19 special. I'm your host Dan Baines and I'm joined by my co-host... Freddie Valentine. Hello, welcome everybody. And yes, we are back. We've got the band back together. Definitely. We're formed for our last reunion tour. Doing doing all our old hits, you know. We've got a new album out and it's... Is it as good as the old ones? Who knows? We're not the Rolling Stones, we? we're better than the Rolling Stones, aren't we, Dan? Oh, definitely better than the Rolling Stones. Slightly younger. Slightly younger, yeah. More athletic, you know. But we thought, as the end of the world is nigh, it only seems fitting for us to put out another show talking about COVID-19 or coronavirus, uh, however you want to talk about it. Definitely. And our last, this could be the last transmission. And if, if humans wiped out, it could be like Planet of the Apes, where rather, you know, they found that recording in, of, of humans saying about how they got wiped out. Our... our podcast could be the thing that the human finds is that this is what happens to them do you know what i mean then we tell them what happened could be that they could dig back through our catalogue on itunes and that's how they <laughs> that's how they saw the world you know throughout human cult- <laughs> yeah the, cult- the earth's culture yeah it's all in those episodes yeah well, for anyone who has never listened to the Mystic Menagerie podcast before, we ha- do have an additional 20 episodes on iTunes, and we actually stopped recording in May 2016 for a whole catalogue of reasons, mainly due to other commitments. It just became too big. We, you know, Each show was three and a half hours long, so there's over 50 hours of Mystic Menagerie still on iTunes for you to delve back into and have a listen to. Um, but these shows are going to be bite-sized shows, aren't they, Freddie? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's got, that was a lot of work before. I mean, there were four-hour marathons for us to record and for people to listen to as well. Do you know what I mean? It's quite a lot. And we did get, we did cover a lot of ground. We did a lot in a short space of time. You know, I suppose you get these artists to do that. They paint a lot of painting in a short space of time and then disappear into the wilderness. And we kind of did that, really. But these ones are going to be, yeah, get you back into it. Little bite-sized, hour-long shows. Not, not too much of your time, but we'll pack them with the usual fun and frolics and mystery and strange things that we had in the show before. So, yeah. We have been talking about it for quite a while. And this just seemed the perfect time both of us are now sort of hunkered down in our homes i've got the children at home now um so i'm basically not going out anywhere and you're one of the the high risk people aren't you freddie i want yeah one of the vulnerable i've not been well i had a touch of the old cancer touch of the old cancer but you know don't it doesn't get me down you know what i mean so if you're going to get a disease you know you might as well get the the, the, the most famous one you know what i mean so that's what i got yeah but, uh, but i'm still alive so that's the most important thing you, at the moment. you fought through the worst of it definitely yeah definitely i just just thought through there's no point getting down about it just think you've got to deal with it isn't it really it's your positivity that's got you through that and the budgies and uh listen to Chaz and dave that that's that's what i believe is tonic for anybody you know uh if you're having cancer uh, treatment put a bit of Chaz and dave on hang out with budgies does your world of good i think have you gone to cancer research with that possible cure budgies and Chaz and dave I did, but they weren't listening to me. You know, they thought I was a wacko. You know, so you're you, you're you're that nutcase with that weird podcast. You talk about you know uh, Michael Jackson's ghost bombing monkeys and all that. We're not listening to you. They, they were like that. You know, they, they didn't take me seriously. Do you know what I mean? But you know, I've got that secret there. I'm going to hold on to that and sell it to people that want to want the want the secret. 
Yeah. Well, to all our old listeners, welcome back. It's great to have you listening to the Mystic Menagerie once again. As you know, as we say, the end of the world is possibly nigh. So we're going to get down to business and ta- start talking about this coronavirus, which has basically locked down the entire planet. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's like, you know, we've watched all these films for years and we sit and watch them, you think they're a bit far-fetched. You know, you watch this Planet of the Apes and all these zombie films, you think, that won't happen. And it is happening. It is. <laughs> it's happening. And the news stories are the same, like when the Planet of the Apes and this virus has wiped out mankind and all this kind of thing. And uh, the no- news is not too dissimilar to something from the start of a film like that, is it really? But it's not a good film. It'd be a film you get from Asda for five quid straight to DVD that looks good on the cover and you get it done with someone's phone well, Poundland, you know? they do DVDs now. They do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poundland collection, yeah, that's Sort of stuff. But it does feel like we are living in some form of Hollywood movie at the moment. I think the media, the modern or the the modern media, has been preparing us for something like this for a long time. You know, you only have to go back and look at shows like The Walking Dead, Twenty Eight Days Later. I mean, I know they're all zombie based, but they all do start with a a, a virus pandemic, which wipes out most of the human race and is left with people surviving and defending for themselves in a bizarre dystopian type of environment. And definitely a lot of computer games as well are based around that. You know, what's that Fallout? That's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Those kind of things are all based around that. For years, they did these things with aliens, didn't they? Like E.T. and X-Files and preparing us for an alien invasion. I thought, they're trying to say something here. Now, now last year, it's been zombies and plagues and viruses and stuff like that trying to trying to get into our heads. But, you know, I reckon I could survive it. Do you reckon you could, Dan? I reckon I could survive if it was a wilderness. It's like Mad Max out there. I could get my old car going. I've been preparing for something like this since about the age of eight when I saw the first Mad Max movie. I think I grew up dreaming of getting a car, putting a bonnet-mounted chain gun on it, knocking the windows out, covering it in chicken wire and barbed wire and driving around fighting over petrol, or in this case, toilet roll. Toilet roll. Who'd have thought that'd be the currency, eh? Toilet bog roll. I mean, I remember there was a company in the 80s called Mutoid Waste Company. Oh, that's a bit of a trivia here. And they used to build Mad Max-style vehicles and drive them to, to festivals and stuff like that. So they were preparing. And they were, there's a film. Remember that group, Gay Bikes and Acid? Yes, I do. They did a film called Julia and Hull, and they had the vehicles in that film. So, you know, I, I see if they're still going. Mutoid Waste Company. I'll get a car from them, I think, if we're going to have this Mad Max utopia, because that's, that's the people to go to, I think. Yeah, I've already got a truck, so it would just be a case of knocking a hole in the roof and getting a large gun from somewhere but we're well we're well tooled up anyway i mean this year was my steel wedding anniversary which is your 11th wedding anniversary so we always go with the theme you know what you're meant to get each other like the, the leather or copper and this year was steel so uh, my lovely wife bought me a a, a hand forged viking axe with my name carved into the handle that's brilliant it could so it could have been a, f- a signed photograph of david steel the politician that would have been a downer but an axe bingo that's you're in there it's fantastic yeah. so i've got the axe uh, the axe is going to be good for obviously you always have to go for a headshot and maybe taking hands off for potential looters but she also ordered some barbecue skewers from the ukraine now i think when she saw them she envisaged the barbecue skewers that you get from waitrose you know the little sort of 11 inches that you would put maybe two or three little pieces of chicken on yeah. um, when these arrived they came in a meter long tube with like some ukrainian writing on and I took them out and each one is like a I can only describe it as a Roman sword you know the short Roman short swords so I've got six of those as well and I was thinking you could wear wear them in a belt with the axe and I've got a small pistol crossbow as well so I just need a Mohican now a motorbike and a young naked boy to ride on the back with a dog collar on and I've got the full Mad Max look 
it's full there. It's, it's all ready to go, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And I, was, I always think, I was, my mind's crossed. When do I start reverting to cannibalism? Is it now, or, or do I have to wait a couple of months? I don't know. I think you'd have to wait a few months for cannibalism. But mark my words, getting back to something serious, I mean, I know it seems the world has pulled together at the moment in some kind of unified, you know, let's all stick up for each other and everyone's all, you know, let's help each other out. All it's going to take is two or three months of people not getting any money through work the shops becoming empty before the nasty side of humanity starts to show and people are going to start looting robbing and it's going to be survival of the fittest if it gets down to that it will get down yeah i mean i mean i'm all right i mean when the shops haven't run out of cigarettes yet if they do that then then i'll be going potty you know um then then i'll then i'll be out sort of you know looting and stuff but yeah i think it can't I mean it didn't take much to loot the other year with them riots in london it's only because some drug dealer got shot and people were right let's lick trainers you know um but it's weird in times of crisis what people want isn't it you know it's, it's you think it would be food and a set of medicine but it's it's bog rolls and trainers and and you know latest television it seems to be when people loot isn't it they don't go for the essentials there's always things like that yeah most of the alcohol's gone from the local shops around here as well so I think people are just trying to drink through the whole event and maybe forget about it come out the other side and not remember anything just have a real stinking hangover and alcohol kills off uh, viruses doesn't it so Oliver Reed would have been alright he would have been fine it would have coronavirus it would have, his blood would have got, got rid of that straight away you know the amount of alcohol in his system but it's funny because like shops you go in like Tesco's and there's nothing in there but I go to my local Mr Singh down the road and he's got bog roll he's got paracetamol he's got soap he's got beans he's got a lot how and much is he selling it for though normal price he's, 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 he doesn't want he? reputation of me. yeah and he, I said to him you know, he goes, I'm, not, I'm not ripping people off he says and he said come to, come to my shop my friend I'll always have bog roll for you he said but he's selling two packets of four per person so he's being no, he's, he's not ripping them off but some shops around here 10 quid for a packet of bog roll that's bonkers it's 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 insane isn't it you know uh you know and hand sanitizer for 25 quid you know that kind of thing so those shops i think when it when it's finished people remember that i think i'm gonna go there again they, they've got they remember mr sting down the road who kept it you know it was decent and uh, it's on one packet of paracetamol per person and two packs of bog roll so yeah he's a, he's a decent guy but you know a lot of people are just loading their trolleys up the weird thing is i thought is that there's enough food anyway all year round we go shopping you buy your shop there's enough there there's always bog roll there's always you know beans and stuff but it's people just buying it all up and it's, it's, it's insane it's, the world's gone crazy with it I think it has it's definitely going to show a, a different side of society who knows what's going to happen after this you know you're going to get so many people used to working from home the children working at home when the when life goes back to normal I think that is where the culture shock is going to be it's going to be oh my god you know I've worked from home for if we go what the government say 12 weeks or maybe longer and now I've got to commute again I've got to you know leave the house you know everyone's going to become agoraphobic everyone's going to want to stay at home they will it's, it's like it's worse when people off for Christmas you know they find it hard going back to work then or been for a week's holiday I'm having sort of like you know 12 weeks off work or whatever it is and trying to get back into normal swing of things people are going to find it hard I mean for me it's like you know you've got to self-isolate you've got to stay at home all the time not see anybody not go to go out to places and I thought I'll do that anyway I've been doing that for, <laughs> for years so it's, it's, it's old business as usual then you know that's what I said to my friends I said my mum my mum and dad have self-isolated for the last 20 years so they're just carrying on as if it's you know completely normal I mean, it's great being a recluse. I mean, I, I like it. You know, I, usually, I just got a pop out now and then. Maybe go to a zoo or a concert or a safari park or whatever, or get go to the shops and get some cigarettes or whatever. That's that's it's great. You know, it's, it's fine. But a lot of people, I think some people couldn't handle it because I've noticed a lot of people um, are wanting attention. You know, there are people that used to be performing for the public, like either they're um, magicians or they're comedians or singers, and now they're not doing any gigs. They're going on Facebook Live and doing horrendously bad videos. 
um, to feed the attention. Do you know what I mean? It's driving people stir crazy a little bit. They go, I'm not getting enough attention. I'm here on my own. I need people clapping me and telling me I'm great. So on Facebook, they're going, they're singing songs and doing magic tricks or, or doing comedy sketches and stuff like that. It's a very strange because in the wartime, that wouldn't have happened. People would have gone around their neighbor's house and seen if they're all right. Now with social media, we're, all, we're kind of isolated anyway, a little bit, aren't we, with social media? We don't see people as much as we usually do because we've got that to communicate with. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, the kids down nowadays don't go out anyway. So you're not really taking that much away from the children of today by saying you can't go out for the next three months because most of them will just sit indoors playing Fortnite anyway with the friends who are around, you know, maybe in a different country or a few miles away. It's a it's a very strange world we live in. And I think it is. regarding like something like coronavirus, with uh, an event of such magnitude, it's always going to be surrounded by strange conspiracy theories. And uh, I think that is one of the main things we're going to cover on the show today. Now, some of them are a little bit scary, but when you think about it, there could be a, quite a lot of truth in it, or if not that, a good sort of idea for a book. Definitely, yeah. And, I mean, the thing is, of conspiracy theories, there's always these ones that seem feasible and there's always some absolutely insane ones that come out you know um but the thing is what's happened in the last year the way the country's been the way the world's been anything is possible that's the thing i'm starting to think now it, it could be possible uh some of these conspiracy theories i mean you've heard it what, what should we start talking about then there's some, there's some ones out there that we can either debunk them or what we think of them you know yeah. we think there's truth in them um which one do you want to, do you want to have a tackle first which we should look at i think the one that's circulating quite a lot at the moment is the fact that the russian state media has actually blamed britain for the global coronavirus pandemic so they're basically broadcasting to the their nation that british somehow got into wuhan planted covid19 obviously we're going to plant it in a place where it's got a huge population where it's going to spread really quickly and the sars virus also started in the same place so we know that by planting it in that place it's going to spread and we can almost forecast the way it's going to go globally and this whole thing yesterday when Boris Johnson came up and said, hang in there, 12 weeks, give us 12 weeks, we'll have a cure for you. Now, the Russians are saying that we've already got a cure for it. And what we're doing is we're planting COVID-19, it's gone a global pandemic, and in 12 weeks time, we're going to come up with the cure. And it's going to, because of obviously our exit from the EU, it's going to enhance our global status by being the people who developed the vaccine and distributed it around the globe. And of course of that, we're going to make a hell of a lot of money from it. So at the moment, the government are giving people who are out of work, drops in interest rates are happening. And we can afford to do that at the moment because we know in 12 weeks' time we're going to release this vaccine that is going to cure the world. Um, Great Britain, you know, the UK is going to be Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> yeah, that's quite feasible, you know. I mean, that's sound like a plot of a James Bond film. You can imagine Bond going out there. You've got to go to Wuhan Bond. You've got to plant this and there. And he's got his gadgets and stuff. Get out of there before they catch you. Yeah. And it's very possible. You know, it does seem like a man-made thing. I mean, I've always thought about it. I read a book in the 80s, which uh, is about secret chem secret weapons and stuff like that. And it was saying that they the AIDS was invented, you know, by to control population and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's all other things, this chemical warfare, that, that kind of thing they were talking about. So it, it does make you wonder these things just pop out of nowhere. You think we've been here for like thousands of years and they've never been here before. And suddenly the diseases come out of nowhere from bats or from bombing monkeys or whatever. You know, these, these things suddenly appear. I think that's feasible. I, I do think that's a feasible situation because Boris seems to know something, doesn't he? He does seem to, he's not giving too much away. No. I mean, they, they say that the actual COVID-19 virus was accidentally created as a bioweapon in 2015 at the Purbright Institute in Woking. And from there, 
it was then taken over. But if you look at the way the Russians have operated in the past with the Novichek and the Polonium-210, you know, with the Alexander Litvinenko case, it's so easy just to get two agents to go into a country, plant something, and then get out without anyone even noticing. It's strange, isn't it? I, I think there's something in that could be a possibility. Because it does seem the sort of thing that, I mean, a lot, a lot of underhand things do go on, as we know, you know, uh, that we don't know about. And, and I think with governments and, and the way things have been going, they, they stop at anything. I mean, you know, it goes back to the whole 9-11 thing. You know, a lot of people still do think that the American government engineered that purely as a way to get into the Middle East. Sacrifice the lives of a few thousand people for the greater benefit. Now, would our, you know, would our government do that? I think the only way to really, truly find out is to watch what happens in the next 12 weeks. If in 12 weeks' time, Boris suddenly goes, right, we've got a vaccine, we've produced it. I mean, maybe the vaccine's already produced. Maybe it's sitting in all these underground bunkers that are left over from the Cold War, just waiting to be distributed, but only waiting for the right time. It's like the space race. It's like the first, you know, who gets to the moon first has control of space. You know, whoever creates the vaccine for the coronavirus has control of the world again it's true they have because everyone's worried about it about getting it i mean it's strange because some of the people that died from it they sort of say about people that are vulnerable old people um so younger people probably think well it doesn't bother it doesn't affect me you know but there's this a young bloke who yeah he's 21 he had leukemia like i've got and he, he died from it do you know what i mean so i, I suppose it is worrying uh, but also with the old people's grandparents and their parents as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So they'd be worried about that situation. So every every nation will be worried about it. Everyone will want that vaccine just to be on the safe side because it, it's got a question mark over it and it's new. No one really knows how bad it is or how it, do you know what I mean, or what it can do to people. It does seem to be a very strange situation. Also, the other thing about it is it stopped people going on about gender identity, isn't it? They suddenly they don't care about that sort of stuff anymore. It's all like, we've got to survive. It's, it's changed things quite a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, you brought this point up when we had a bit of a chat yesterday and you said, you know, the people who die from it, are mainly male although quite a few females have died from it but they've never said that there's any dolphins or uh, transvestites died from it no one of these uh, what, they call, what they call the um, ge- binary gender and all that like Sam Smith you know he, he's, he's, there's a video of him back home crying his eyes out in isolation I thought well you know no, none of these you know they people have died from it it's all him and her so don't worry mate you're probably immune to it you know yeah well it's actually on the news today it's actually in the paper today I'm looking at it right now on my screen there's a picture of Sam Smith holding a coffee cup with his headphones on and it says exclusive Sam Smith fuels upon coffee as he heads outside after going through several stages of quarantine meltdown in his 12 million mansion so but then again he's not male or female so maybe he's immune to it that's what i'm thinking it's only men and women that died from it so they might be all right maybe, maybe i'll identify as something else i think maybe that's the cure maybe maybe boys will say look if you identify as as a dolphin or, or chimpanzee or something like that no chimpanzees have got it have they um anyone like that identify as one of them you'd be all right and that's all we've got to do no no not going to doctors no injections just i identify as this and we're all right that could be the that could be the, cure. Could be the easy way the easy way out of it. <laughs> it could be the cure because talking about chimpanzees, it's, it's again it's a bit of a Planet of the Apes vibe to this, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that they, definitely. Because I watch a lot. Of, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of chimpanzees. You know, I love chimps. I, I'm into their what, their behaviour and stuff like that. A lot of videos I've watched over the last few years is saying about them evolving. Right, they they can learn how to make weapons, um, and they can fire guns and stuff like this if you give it to them, and, and they're getting cleverer. You know, they can remember things. Uh, I did read one story where they, this this poacher killed a chimpanzee's mother 
and he followed this poacher for miles, just hidden in the trees, waited for like four days, and then jumped and, and, and killed him. You know, so obviously they're getting they're getting cleverer. Ripped um, his face off. Ripped his face off. They, they're good at doing that. Yeah, they can. <laughs> they're cute, but they can, they can do that. Um, but yeah, it's um. And you think that all these documentaries are saying if there was a virus and it wiped out most of the human race, they probably could have a pop at it. So you know, they could they could be all sitting there thinking, right, we're going to actual queue, eat bananas and stuff like that. You know, hold back a little bit when the time comes. That's it. We, we, they could do it. Well, they'd probably move into our environment once most of us had died off. So they'd go into towns and the cities and they'd start to find things that we created like tools, maybe. And then they'd kind of start using them or find a use for them and then develop their own way of doing things. And then before you know it, Planet of the Apes. Exactly. It could happen. It could happen. It might not even be that bad a thing, you know, because I'll probably be like Ricardo Montalban in the third one. He was friends with them, wasn't he? And he's helping them along. My friend, you know, uh, I could be like him. You know, I'm an ally of the apes, you know. I think, I think they're probably, uh, they might be better on the earth than, that, than humans, actually. Probably. I mean, it, one weird thing that's come off the back of this whole pandemic thing is I've noticed today, because we live quite near to Gatwick Airport, and you live really near to Heathrow, don't you? Yeah. How strange is it with no planes flying around? silent isn't it it's actually silent it's really odd when i drive the boys to school in the morning there's always the plane circular circling gatwick ready to land and there's just nothing there's no one really driving around i drove you know into town the other day just to pick up some supplies the car parks were dead um so if anything's going to benefit from it the environment is it must do, yeah. Because like last, like the other night, I was I was sitting there. Usually, where I live, there's there's a lot of cars at night. There's a lot of police cars going off and stuff like that, and planes flying about. And you get used to it. It becomes a background noise. You know, like how you can blank out. Like you know, when you're in, you're in a cafe talking to somebody, and you, talk, you you can blank out the background sound and hear what your friend is saying. Uh, we have, humans have an ability to do that. Um, you kind of get used to this sound in the background of this sort of like traffic and, and noise and stuff like that. But the other night, it's just a eerie silence you know and the only time i've ever had that before was when i went to cornwall um and, and it was actually middle of nowhere it was i was staying right by the coast it walked out at night there and again that was that eerie silence you could hear just like, like crickets or, or animals and that, that sort of stuff so we could hear um very strange and that's probably would have been like um four or five hundred years ago that's what would have been like wouldn't it at night um but it's that almost going back to how it was but nature mother nature's loving it in, in a strange twist as well there's been so much emphasis on the environment over the last sort of six months you know with Greta um, giving it the large one but it it almost seems like if COVID-19 is a natural disaster as opposed to one that we've created that we just discussed earlier is it is it mother nature just saying well you know actually maybe the global energy of everyone recognizing the the environment has awoken mother nature and she said right i am here and you know what i've invent i've got something here that's gonna wipe a few of you out and stop things happening for a few months just so i can get my get my shit together yeah get get back on track do you know what i mean maybe maybe greta invented it she's got the she's got the uh you know the, the cure for it and everything who knows um, you know, it's a strange situation. I mean, it is very odd when you think about how it's happened here. You know, it's just seems to come out of nowhere, silence the world, stopped society pretty much, isn't it? And, and the planes have gone quiet. It's a very strange thing. It is. Very odd. I mean, the whole thing that's it sickens me a little bit, the whole over-PC thing that you get in the news. I was listening to a, a pandemic expert on the radio talking about how potentially the the virus was transferred from bats and then to cats and then to humans. But at no point did he ever say how it got from the cat to the human. But everyone knows how it got from the cat to the human. But, you know, he's got the whole, well, the bat was in the cage next to the cats. The bat bit the cat. 
the cat doesn't have a great immune system when it comes to this particular virus. All the cats get it. Somehow all of these cats then give it to the humans. Why doesn't he just turn around and say, the Chinese love eating cats, and that's how they got it? Because they, you know, it's not a pulse. <laughs> yeah, or anything with a pulse. Yeah. It's, why don't they just say, yeah, the Chinese ate the cats and then they, they got the virus from that? But they don't say that. They just say, oh, it got from the cat to the human. Yeah, it, it, it's strange because, like, you know, they're, they're being very PC. It's like when uh, Donald Trump called it Chinese flu. I mean, he used to call it Spanish flu years ago, didn't they? Yeah, and then someone goes, you can't call it that. And he goes, I can. It's from China. This is not say the Kung flu or the Hong Kong flu or something like that. Kung that would have been worse, wouldn't it? <laughs> but but it's, I always thought of this thing, it's, it's to do with the bats. I mean, the Chinese, Chinese do eat anything, really, don't they? I mean, uh, I know Morrissey made a very controversial comment about them because um, he's very animal rights. But they do eat, I mean, I saw a video of the Wuhan market there. And the wet market, like, they, they yeah, were, it's disgusting. Yeah, they were cooking dogs and alsatians and bats and snakes, anything you could, anything that, that lived, they'd eat it. You know, they'd eat it. Um, but it could be a big conspiracy. Imagine if it's vegans that have done this to try to stop eating meat. They might have. You know, there's always a big fuss about veganism lately. Everyone turning vegan, isn't there? What if they planted it in the market and they said, look, if you eat animals, this is what happens. It could be them. Well, true, a lot of people have turned around and said, just what happens when you eat things that aren't meant to be eaten? But then vegans would argue that, well, no living creature is meant to be eaten. So why wouldn't they have planted it in something like a cow instead that's going to infect a hell of a lot more people more quickly? Because everyone virtually, you know, who's not vegan or vegetarian eats beef. Yeah, well, it could be next, you never know. And if, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's, I mean, always things kind of like swine flu and mad cow disease. I mean, I don't eat meat myself, so I kind of feel a, bit, a little bit smug that, oh, it's not going to affect me. I don't worry about it. But this is a bit strange. This uh, bats is transferred to humans, and it's very odd. Um, but in China, people are putting their pets outside and leaving them in the street, aren't they? Discarding them, saying they can catch things with animals, even, not, even their own pets. I don't know what they, what do they keep as pets in China. Because, I mean, obviously, cats and dogs, we see them as lovable creatures. They see them as dinner. Do they keep yeah. cows and sheep and things like that and pigs? Yeah, what do they keep as pets? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. strange. People, <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe those are the things, that, the things that are considered to be okay to eat here, like chickens and um, and, and sheep and, and you know goats and, and whatever and uh, cows. Maybe they keep them as pets. And cats and dogs are because I, I mean we see it weird as eating a cat. Do you know what I mean? And a, a, a dog, but they probably see eating a, eating beef as weird. Yeah, true. Know, do you know what I mean? They might see true. that strange. You know? But yeah, it's 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 odd how it's just suddenly came out because there's also the theory about it being to do with aliens as well isn't there people saying that students seeing strange lights in the sky of last i've not heard weeks. this one i mean we, we started talking about this yesterday well there, yeah there's a few a few people i mean i've got a few people as imagine on my facebook that are quite bonkers do you know what i mean they're, they're very new age uh but they believe everything you know and there's all sorts of wild conspiracy theories and this this chat saying that loads of people are posting these videos or, or comments they've seen these lights in the sky appearing and then they all join together like a line joins together with them and then it vanishes They've seen a lot of that. Um, and he said at the same time, this, this virus appeared. And he thinks that it's aliens have come along, you know, that they've looked at this planet and thought, that'd be a nice place to live. We've got to get rid of these arseholes first. Um, drop a disease down there, wipe them all out like we did the dinosaurs, and then we'll move in. And that's what they're trying to do. Or it could be clearing the way for them to arrive. Because if you think about it, there's no there's no aeroplanes in the sky hardly at the moment. Obviously, there's still military aircraft flying around, but it's putting everyone in the houses. It's making sure the air is... Empty. It's almost like, you know, on the Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when they're clearing everyone away from Devil's Mountain, saying that there's a virus. And remember, all the cows are dying. 
and they clear everybody out of the area for the aliens to arrive so they can do that weird exchange. It, yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. I mean, I kind of think if it's aliens invading us, I hope they land in, in China first because they just put them in a pot, cook them and eat them, and that's the end of the problem. <laughs> you know? well, the aliens will put the Chinese in the pot and no, eat them, the Chinese, or the Chinese, Chinese will put the aliens in the, the aliens pot. The aliens will land and say, we come in peace. The Chinese think, well, this is an unusual thing. Whack it in the wok. <laughs> put him in a wok. Whack it in the wok. Whack noodles with him. Yeah, a bit of soy sauce, lovely. ET's head been on a, you know, cooked in a wok. They would do. They would. They would probably. You know, crispy chili grey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If they're going to eat bats, they'll give. That sounds like a name of a rapper. Crispy chili grey. <laughs> crispy chili grey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think anyone anyone who's not listened to the show before will probably get the gist that Freddie and I don't promote the whole political correctness thing. We are children of the 70s, so... Yeah. Children of Revolution, as Mark Bowden would say. <laughs> so but yeah, we kind of grew yeah. up in the day of, well, you think could get away with anything, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, think of yourself, do you know what I mean? Just uh, being, yeah, being normal. Thinking, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they would do. I mean, the thing is, if they're going to eat bats, if an alien landed, they, they would probably, it would cost them, I think, mm, what would it taste like? I mean, yeah. we, we saw an alien, we think, I wonder what the technology they've got on their planet, I wonder what their planet is like, you know, I wonder what their culture is like. And I'm sure that some people will try to think, I wonder what it tastes like. Yeah. I wonder if the uh, the Chinese vaccine they're developing contains ground rhino horn. Yeah, it probably would. <laughs> they <laughs> seem to like use that. it in everything else. So, Aphrodis- you know. Aphrodisiac vaccine or something like that, yeah, snakes, uh, scales or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? You know what I mean? But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because these vaccines that are coming out, it's, it's Israel is supposed to be developing one, aren't they? Yeah. And I think well, I think a lot of these people, these you know, Corbynites, they, they should stick their principles and say, we're going to boycott that vaccine and wait for the Palestinian one. They, w- they probably they would, do. yeah. yeah. The, le- <laughs> yeah the, the left is, um, the anti-Semite sort of uh, yeah. contingent would probably turn around and say, yeah, we're not going to use that until... As you quite rightly said, the Palestinians come out with something we can use. They have a long um, wait, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's another thing. I mean, there's also a rumour going round that this vaccine that they're going to develop is going to be the thing that actually kills people, not the coronavirus itself. Really? Yeah. So as a way of the, almost like the Illuminati being able to reduce the amount of the global population... What they're going to do is they've released, obviously, this flu virus, which has made sure everybody goes inside and self-isolates. And they're going to develop this vaccine, which they then give to people. But that is the thing that's going to kill people off, not the actual virus itself. The virus is just a means for them to globally distribute this, essentially, a poison, which is going to reduce the Earth's population by 50%. Blimey. Or they could be putting chips in us, giving us a vaccine and putting a little chip inside us. Do you want me to follow us and track us everywhere and control us? That's the other thing they could be doing. It does seem there's something odd going on with this whole thing, doesn't it? Because there's also the, the, the thing saying about this um, 5G networks. There's a big fuss, wasn't there, about a lot of new age people were going about, oh, it's, it's going to fry your brains and kill people and stuff like that, 5G. Let's get a petition and ban it. But apparently it first came out in Wuhan. You know, that's, that's where they, they started testing out 5G, apparently. Uh, a lot of websites are debunking this on the internet. But I mean, when people debunk things a bit too passionately, you think maybe there's something in it. You know, there's, there's loads of people, this is not true, you know. But they're saying that if you look at the places where they've got 5G, that's where the actual um, coronavirus is. Like Africa, there's nothing. You don't hear any, any coronavirus deaths in Africa or Pakistan or India, places like that. Places that probably will get it after us, you know, they, they're not. But the, people, the countries like America, you know, China, the UK, Europe, that would have 5G, they're the ones where people are dropping down from this. Yeah, 
It could be. I mean, I think we need to point out as well to the listeners that we're recording this on Friday the 20th of March. So if you're listening what would be now in the future, you kind of got a point of reference to the stories we're talking about because it could be in a month's time there's going to be a whole new wave of conspiracy theories coming out. And But let's be let's be brutally honest here all these conspiracy theories are not going to make anybody feel better about the whole situation so you know apologies if what freddie and i are talking about does seem like we are the harbingers of doom however that's the whole point of conspiracy theories they're not there to make you feel better so no definitely not they're there to worry you even more i think i mean we would cover quite a few here which one would you say if you had to pick one and say this is the one i'm going to stick with which i think is behind it if you had to pick one of these which one would you choose if I was to go with one right now, as of today's date, I would go with the Russian story about us engineering the whole thing. Don't get me wrong, I'm a devout patriot. However, do I think we'd be, we'd be capable of doing something like that in the current global environment, considering what's happened over the last sort of five years? Probably. I'd hate to say it, but I think all governments do operate on a slightly... Sinister level. A sinister level, yeah. There's a lot of things that go off in the background that we're not privy to. Let's face it, the Russians know a hell of a lot about us. You know, it's like James Bond territory. We've got spies everywhere. They've got spies everywhere. If they knew what was being developed at the Purbright Institute in Woking, and they knew it was a disease which is very similar to COVID-19, could it be possible... I don't know. We'll find out in 12 weeks' time. 12 weeks from today is the it's the 12th of June. So if by the 12th of June the UK have miraculously created a vaccine that's going to cure everyone, or if not cure everyone, at least detect it and make the world a lot safer, then could this story have some validity? I don't know. I think it's possible. I mean, there are stories in the past like, uh, that, that have been covered up, like quite extreme ones, because, you know, a lot of underhand stuff does go on. I remember seeing a programme, it's got it's a Channel 4, it's like uh, secret things that have been covered up, and there was a situation, I can't remember where it was now, it's up north somewhere, where this uh, nuclear power plant, I think it's in the 50s, and there was an accident there where the, one of the plutonium bars got stuck in the chimney, and they told all the staff who worked there to go home, lock your doors, but they didn't tell the people didn't work there. So basically, loads of people got cancer and died in this in this village. You know, apart from the people that worked at this nuclear plant, they were told not to tell anybody that science secrets thing. They don't tell anybody about it, and the government covered it over. Basically, they just didn't tell anybody about it, and people suddenly got cancer. So that is an underhand thing to cover something like that up is a bit dodgy. You know what I mean? So they are capable. I mean, I know that's probably sort of 40, 50 years ago, but they were capable of doing it then. I, I I'd say that they are capable of doing that. Definitely, I think I think you could be on the same there. Yeah. It is, a, it is a strange one. So it's, it, it does seem, yeah, there's something in it. I mean, I, I would like to be, incl- I'd want to believe that the chimps and apes have taken over. That's what I'd like to believe. Um, you know what I mean? But I might, I might go on Monkey World just see what's going on there. Just have a look over the fence, see if they're building weapons or something. Stockpiling, stockpiling uh, you know, rocket launchers or something like that. They Riding are, horses. Mean, Riding horses, yeah. <laughs> Get your hands off me, you dirty damn ape. <laughs> All that kind of thing. It could be possible. But, uh, but yeah, I think there's something. I think that it could come out with Britain looking victorious as the heroes with it all. Um, and China, they're quite a big, you know, power. And they, they're obviously, because it's a communist nation, they're quite secretive. And people have been a bit scared of them. Even Nostradamus sort of said that, you know, he predicted that, that there would be something coming from them, wouldn't they, at some point, that there'd be some trouble. Uh, so it may be a case of putting the world in order and saying, look, you know, we, we're still the top dogs here. You know, we can be, you know, you, you, you get all these diseases going on. We, we're the ones who stop them. So we're the ones you better be nice to us. So it could be that kind of thing. 
Yeah, it just makes you realise how small the world is when something like this happens. You know, getting back to, I say getting back to reality, because when with conspiracy theories, you never know what reality really is. But it is a, being a father of three boys, it is a scary, scary time. You think, I was watching uh, TED Talks last year, and there was a, a lecture on 10 ways that civilization would end. And it went through all the usual ones like asteroids and floods and all that and then it went to the number one thing and the number one thing was a pandemic and here we are right now in the middle of that which a year ago i just would never have realized or you know in my wildest dreams thought we'd be sitting here talking about it right now it is very scary i mean i mean in the 80s there was a lot of this um post-apocalyptic fiction and films and stuff but it tended to be more to do with a nuclear war yeah, and exactly. After that, yeah, and when that the wind of, blows. Yeah, and and uh, and uh, Mad Max, of course, and Planet of the Apes, and that kind of thing. There's all about nuclear war um, and surviving after that. But now, but since the last sort of 15 years, it's all been about pandemics, isn't it? It's a nuclear war. No, is no longer something that we're scared of. It's not mentioned at all. You know, I'm mean, in the 80s. I mean, things like Fred's. We, we were crapping ourselves watching that. Um, and the two tribes, Frankie Castle Hollywood, and all this. And after that, it's kind of like, okay, nuclear war. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. This is going to happen. Pandemic and zombies, and that's that's what we've been hammered in our minds for the last sort of ten, fifteen years, I think. Yeah, I mean, to make it a little bit more interesting for my kids, you know, as I said, I've told them that there's no, there's no proof yet that the dead from the coronavirus don't come back as zombies. So they're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're getting really excited to the fact that there might be a zombie apocalypse on the way. Um, but we've got it all planned out. We planned it actually at the end of season eight of The Walking Dead. So we've had it you know ready to roll for the last you know year or two basically but it's um it's also one of those times as well where you realize how vulnerable you are when it comes to finances and just everything around you and how much you rely on everybody else and obviously you know we work in the entertainment industry and as a result of the virus nearly everybody i know has no work you know if you're a if you're a magician or you're a performer, there's no one booking you for parties or shows. And as a prop designer, there's no one buying the props because they're thinking, well, there's nobody to perform them because they've got no audiences. So everything has slowed down to a point where I'm looking at my finances and I'm thinking, right, how long can I survive with what I've got before I have to get really creative in terms of where my next couple of quid is going to come from? It's worry, isn't it? But ironically, as a tarot reader, it's busier because people are worried and they want readings, you know. So in that, that respect, that kind of thing is, 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 seems to be yeah, more business in Business is booming for you. Business because, is booming for me. Yeah. Lovely, jubbly. I better get some bottles and flog them as well. But yeah, it's, it's that, you know, more people want readings and things like that. Whereas entertainment, it's very strange because I've got, like, you know, I like going to gigs like you do and there's a lot of gigs coming up I've booked tickets for and I'm thinking, oh, are they going to happen? You know, the last one I went to was Morrissey and then the, the day, it was on the 14th and the 14th and that day, all day, I was checking the, you know, the, the website to see where it's going to go ahead or not because all those other things have been cancelled but he, he still went ahead with it you know there were some people that didn't turn up because of that they were posting on this group saying oh, i'm not going to go it's too much of a risk and all this kind of stuff but he, he came on saying took the mickey out of it really um but but since then his gigs in new york have been cancelled and uh, you know albert hall postponed all, all concerts until the 28th of april um which is handy because i'm going to the concert on the first of june there so i'm hoping that it starts up before then but but it's, everything's cancelled glastonbury's cancelled uh, everything like that it's it's doomsday is cancelled so you know we have um or well, doomsday uh this year for anyone who's not listened to the show before i host an event um which is like a bizarre magic storytelling event which has been running for 11 years 
And we had to change the date from May because of the the VE Day bank holiday that was introduced. So I had to move it to April. And of course, now it's cancelled. But here's a question for you, Freddie. Obviously, you've got a boost in business regarding tarot readings and everyone at the moment is pretty much in the same boat. So are you seeing a similarity in all of the readings? Are the readings similar in any respect? They are in many ways. I mean, obviously, with readings, a lot of things that concern people is work and uh, relationships and that kind of stuff, you know. But there's also people worried about, is this going to end? Is my job going to be all right? Job security seems to be the most worrying thing at the moment that people are talking about readings is, what, is am I job going to be okay? Am I going to be okay, you know, money-wise? Is how are things going to be pan out for me? Will I go on my holiday? Will this be okay? It's that kind of stuff they're, they're asking about, really. Is, what do the cards say? To? What have the cards been saying in terms of job security and money and how long the virus will possibly last? I mean, it's variable from person to person, but generally it's quite positive. You know, it, it does indicate from the card readings that it's not going to last that long, that things are going to sort of, they're going to shut down a bit and then start opening up bit by bit, you know, and things are going to be generally okay. You know, 12 um, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> 12, yeah, 12 weeks. weeks time when <laughs> Boris says, look what I've got, this tablet. What's this I found here? <laughs> under <Yeah>. my chair. <laughs> he might just say, get friends with Bodhi, listen to Chaz and Dave and you'll be all right. You might, you might think, you know, he might, t- he might have listened to my advice, listened to my calls, I thought, hang on, he's got something there, we're just cancelling, we're trying out with coronavirus, we're trying to bail it out. I mean, there's news in India. That. In India, supposedly two people got it quite severely and they treated them with HIV drugs. That's right. And it cured them. It is like a worldwide AIDS, isn't it, really? Because in the 80s, there's a big, big fuss about AIDS. But people generally thought, well, it's gay people who got it or, or or drug addicts. And other people thought, well, they don't affect me. Do you know what I mean? But this could affect... It's that kind of thing that, that affects everybody. You know what I mean? Because at the time with that, there was no cure for it. You know, it's not Freddie Mercury, just that's it. You know, now people who have that survive. You know, they, they, they have a good life. You know, they, they can continue and they're all right. Um, they look a bit waxy, the people that have got it, don't they, the skin? But um, it does seem to be all right, cured that dealt with it you know um so it's that sort of thing it's that kind of there's a disease out there which can kill me and there's no cure for it that's the scary thing about it if it was something that okay if you collapsed from you had breathing difficulties and they could cure it or give you an injection or whatever and it's okay fine but that's the scary thing about it the fact there's no actual cure that it's down to your immune system isn't it yeah it's also the strange thing as well of this incubation period of seven days where people just generally don't know if they've got it or not and they're carrying on their life as normal you know my wife still works in london she's a key worker so she has to go to work every day in london there's no getting around the fact and you know while she's traveling in and out of london it's makes you think well what's the point in me and the kids isolating ourselves you know from everyone else because we're at much risk of getting it at home now as we are of contracting it anywhere so i mean you could argue that you know well she'll bring it home we'll get it and we'll go out and give it to other people but it's just one of those odd things that as soon as you can identify if someone's got it you know if you can just do a swab or fire a laser at the head or something and it tells you if you've got it or not then great you know some people may have already had it yeah that's what they're saying they think that last year or like november december that people had like a bit of a flu or a bug and, and beat it, and, and they're now immune to it. And a lot of people, and I did have a lot of bugs and things around that time, because I think China, China told us, they, they held back on it. They told us about it a bit later than, than they should have done. You yeah, know, I think so, September uh, they started getting it, didn't they, last year? Yeah. I think, I think they, they, first of all, they said it was November, but there have been a few interviews with people who live in China, and they've said, no, actually, they started getting the first cases around September last year, which means anyone who's travelling backwards and forwards, well, anywhere, really, I mean, there's a hell of a lot of people ill over Christmas. Yeah, there was. A lot people of people had going around. colds and 
um, sore throats, and you know, I lost my voice, and I remember. The spe- one, yeah. I remember the actual point where I where I got ill at Christmas because I was watching Wonder Woman on the sofa, and I came over all funny. As <laughs> <laughs> you do, as you do. No, but I did. I kind of got the you know that flu shiver where you don't like your skin being touched, and I just I just went really cold. It didn't matter how hot I was or how many blankets I wrapped myself in. I was freezing cold, and it lasted about 24 hours. And then I got a bit of a cold after that, and then I lost my voice, which was quite good, because that meant I didn't really have to talk to the mother-in-law for a few days. Um, <laughs> it took me probably three weeks to get over it. I still I remember going for a run on New Year's Day, and I still wasn't feeling fantastic then. And I thought to myself, I really shouldn't have gone out for that run, but you know, you do these things on New Year's Day, try and get the year off to a good start. But yeah, it, took me, it took me a while to get over it. And I was thinking to myself... Yeah, did I pick it up in London when I went on my you know, my Christmas piss up with my friends? Did I already have I already had it? I don't know. It's just who it's very possible, and they can't even test you for it. It's a strange thing. It's a very it's very odd because like Claire, I've been out and about a little bit, you know, and obviously I've got this um, compromised immune system because of the um, cancer, the blood cancer. You basically don't have an immune system, do you? I've got one, but it doesn't work as well. Do you know what I mean? It's it's basically what the leukemia, the, the bad white blood cells, but and um, the tablets kill off the bad ones, but kill some of the good ones as well. So it keeps the cancer down. But it also makes your immune system like if you get cold or something. Take, if I get if I cut myself, most people in a, in a sort of few days they get a scab. It go with me. It could take two or three weeks because the immune system is not strong. So they basically warn me if I get something like pneumonia or a chest infection, I could end up in hospital or on a drip uh, or die. You know. Um, when I talk about this coronavirus, I spoke to the specialist and they sort of said basically, if you get it, you've had it, mate. You know. That's basically what they were saying in, in a roundabout way. Um, but the ironic thing is, my missus had sort of colds and bugs and flus over the last few years, and so I've been diagnosed with it, and I've not picked them up. So I might have this, uh, you know, I might not be as weak immune system-wise as, uh, as as it seems, you know. But apparently, yeah, it compromises it. So, yeah, it doesn't doesn't work very well. But I've been, I've been all right. Um, yeah, maybe you've got a 1970s-style constitution. It kind of is bulletproof. You can sort of cigarettes and stuff like that. And cigarettes, cigarettes and, and beer and all that. Cigarettes and beer. Living out. Those people like that, that tend to be tougher, you know what I mean? Like in those as eras, because they drank and smoked and did whatever. And maybe your body gets used to stuff and becomes tougher because of it. I think if you live a macrobiotic diet and don't don't drink, don't smoke, goody-goody two-shoes, etc., it might weaken your immune system. If you're putting shit in your body, it might make your body more stronger in, 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 um, you know, in, in fighting that. What you're saying is it's, your body has grown up fighting. <laughs> It has, because I would say, you think, you think if someone says you've got blood cancer, they give up smoking. They said, no, they, they said, it's not harmed you at all. Your lungs are fine. Your heart's fine. It's in your blood. It's nothing to do with smoking. It's, it's, it can't spread. It'd be more stressful if you to give it up. Your body will change when you give things up, and it's very stressful. You've got enough to deal with. Carry on. Light up, boy. You know, so that's good news. You know, every, every cloud, et cetera. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's a very strange situation. I mean, it's, it's kind of worrying, this um, virus, because you don't know how... how transmittable what it really is I mean I don't know personally anybody that's got it or has been tested for it you know uh, and I'm no and any people on Facebook have been saying people with 5,000 friends so anybody of my friends got no one who's got it and they'll say no um, so it doesn't appear anyone knows anyone's got it. I mean the flu probably kills more people than this the actual normal flu yeah I mean uh, there's been a few reports on the local Facebook page that people have spotted the odd sweaty person knocking about but you know there's always odd sweaty people knocking about there is. It, it's like it's now it's those odd sweaty people, people coughing all the time, you know. So you don't you don't know, you know. It's, it's like that time of year. It's the time of year as well where people develop springtime colds. It, you know, there's a change of the seasons coming in. We're going through winter. You know, the temperatures changing. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's warm. So this constant fluctuation of the weather does 
promote colds and sniffles in people. And I think that's where the problem lies. People are waking up with a runny nose and a bit of a cough. And they're like, oh my God, you know, and they're going into isolation. But I think the what they've stated as being the, the symptoms are very specific, aren't they? They are constant, dry, non-productive cough and a fever. If you have those, then great. But if you haven't got those, then you've probably just got a cold and just carry on. I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, I remember reading, I think Linda Lasardi, you know, the patient, she, she, her and her husband, that Sam what is called, that actor, they've got it. And she's sort of saying that basically you feel really, really hot. When someone touches your back, it's like burning. Do you know what I mean? You feel like it's a real fever. And of course, myself, I'm reading all these, um, I'm trying, I haven't got it, I've had a bit of a cough, you know, nothing major. But the stuff it's saying is like, you know, you vomit a lot, you feel lethargic. And I thought, well, I feel like that anyway, because I've got cancer, I'm on chemo tablets. I, I can't tell no different. I've, I do feel, I do feel shit most of the time. Um, so you can't tell whether it's, uh, you know, or, or it's, it's very unspecific, isn't it? It's just basically, the symptoms are a bit like when you go on one of those web doctor things, and no matter what you type in, oh, you got, oh, must have cancer you know or i've got something really badly wrong with me um and you probably haven't you know so they're very vague it's sort of like most people would have a bit of a cough around this time of year a lot of people get a fever or you know it's, oh you could be have the heating on and be sweaty and think oh buddy oh, i've got this corona it makes people paranoid i think it does make people scared i mean what are you going to do to pass the time over the next 12 weeks i'll say 12 weeks because i'm pretty sure now that <laughs> that fear is correct what have you got lined up for the next 12 weeks how are you going to pass the time well, I tend to read a lot of books. You know, I, I can I've started to read if it's a good book. Razzle. I'll read five degrees. Yeah, I like reading reading, reading, reading the old books. <laughs> Get through them all. Yeah, Razzle or Penthouse, all those books. Get through them, pure day. But yeah, I like reading. And I, and also, I've been like a radio show. I, well, I do two radio shows. One of them I do at home, and I send it to Scarborough, which is up, up in Yorkshire, and they broadcast it. It's a pre-recorded. But one I do live, which is down the road from me. I, I drive to the studio, and we do it live in the studio. Just 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 me and Holly. Um, but they sort of kind of said because it's coronavirus, and because I'm also like a high risk person. Person, that it's best I don't do it live in the studio in, in case somebody brings it in and leaves on the microphones or whatever. So I'm going to be recording those from home. So they're not going to be live, but I'm going to pre-record those. So yeah, that probably sleeping, listen to music. Um, I did record an album last year, which when I was ill, I thought I'll, I'll do something when I feel better. Uh, the days I feel good, and I record an album with pheromone music, like space age, space soil music, like Moog synthesizers and pheromone. So I might finally get around to releasing that. Um, do something about that actually but uh, I was listening to some throbbing gristle this morning obviously because um, Genesis uh, Genesis Peorage died a few days ago and it did strike me that um, their song about who's the guy in the Rolling Stones again oh Brian Jones Godstar Brian Jones Godstar yeah it does sound very much like a Freddie Valentine tune it does I mean I I met him actually even at the time that came out and um, he's a strange guy but a nice bloke, you know. <clears throat> and I say that we did get on. We did get on. You know, I met him a couple of times. The first time I met him, he did this thing, uh, an evening in, in um, Hackney Empire. It's called Temple Records Evening. And he had this label called Temple Records. And he brought some very strange music on there. One was an album by um, Nigel Bourne and Seldy Bate, who were two witches. And the album was called Music for a Pagan Easter, which has never been reissued on CD. Um, but it, it was very, it's very hard to get hold of now. You know, but it's a, it's very folky kind of, sort of almost psychedelic, but it's very much paganism. The songs are all about Kabbalah and witchcraft and, and that kind of stuff and all his acts played and he was on it at the end you know the psychic tv um and he was very friendly we met him at the bar we chatting with him and he's talking about brian jones and his song and stuff like that um but he had these really mad videos on, on stage like people being talked like people being talked and tied to chairs and we thought oh, i must be set up but he got done his house got raided didn't he and he went to america <laughs> but um but he's a very strange guy you know and um <clears throat> but yeah i met a few times i mean me and mate went around his, his house with him uh, for a party. He didn't do anything dodgy. He was just fine to us. He's a bit odd, bloke. Very starey eyes. 
Um, but he was, yeah, I found him all right. But um, very peculiar character. I mean, obviously, when, when it came out, he died. He's obviously, uh, the music he made for Robin Gristle was, was the first industrial music, really, wasn't it? You know, before Nine Inch Nails, a lot of people were inspired by him. Um, but a lot of people were like, uh, were slagging him off. Lefties were saying, oh, no, he's, you know, can't like him. He's cancelled, even though he's died. Because apparently, a member of Robin Gristle, you know, Cozy Fanny Tutti, the, the, lady, the girl that was in it, she, she wrote a book about. The, the, uh, you know, being in Robin Gristle and about what, well, she had a, a relationship with him and what he was like and so he was controlling abusive he threw a bruise block out of her head out of a window um, and he was quite aggressive and manipulative you know, so it's, it's very negative how she put in there he, he denied it all he said he said oh you, you should do anything to sell a book so he's put a bit of a question mark over him so but he's a, a one-off person isn't he he's a bit of an Alistair Crowley of music yeah. really isn't he I'd say he is he is there's a very how to describe him is just unique <laughs> there's no other way to describe Genesis to the Orange there's never going to be anyone else ever like him again did you ever see him live at all no no I never got the opportunity I saw him quite a few times one of the weirdest things that I saw when I saw him live was he was doing playing at Reading Festival and this, there was like there wasn't barriers as much in those days in the 80s now there's like a fence and the security but you could actually you could touch the stage and this bloke was screaming at the front and shouting something at him he's getting a bit overexcited and Genesis pulled him up on stage and literally like kissed his face but like he's chewing his face off he's held the spoke's head in his hands like he's gnawing his face and they just pushed him into the crowd and carried on singing it, it was very intense thought, what's he doing do you know what I mean it was very intense this bloke standing looking dazed <laughs> didn't know what happened no, but, no. Yeah, he's, he's, the performances were very intense you know he's quite he's a very charismatic performer um, very mesmerised had a very manic stare in his eyes a very Penetrating stare, I'll, I'll describe it as. But the visuals they used to have when you see him in like a, a, like a venue, you know, that he's film showing, and it's quite um, overpowering, I suppose. The music, his his uh, personality, and also the films they showed, very strange films. Because he had a cult around him called the Temple of Psychic Youth. They had these weird symbols they used to put on their records and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I remember in the, in the 80s, he brought out an album, an album, album uh, every month, I think it was. And there were like, live albums and sometimes demos or stuff like that on, the, on his own label. And, every, and and you had to subscribe to it. You had to sort of kind of go to the record shop and put an order for it. You couldn't just buy random albums. And uh, the, each uh, one come with like a little, little card with it, and it made up a picture of a skull. So when you collect all these pictures together little cards he made a skull with that symbol on his forehead and you sent these cards off to him and he sent you an album which you can only get if you'd collected them all um so i remember i remember that time i had that album yeah there's always different live ones so like some really bazooka joe bazooka <laughs> exactly, yeah. things yeah a bit, a bit darker version of that yeah but some of the stuff the lyrics and it's out there you know it's, it's proper the like hamburger lady i think is one of the greatest or probably the most scariest piece of music of all time yeah there was a time yeah. when we were thinking about trying to contact Genesis P. Origin and actually interview him on the Mystic Menagerie, wasn't there, about five years ago? That's right, because he moved to New York. He seemed to be hard to get in touch with. I did try through his like Facebook page and his management email address, but he didn't get any reply. So it would have been interesting to um, to speak to him. I mean, I mean, when I spoke to him face-to-face, he was a nice per- he was a nice person, do you know what I mean? Uh, in- uh, interesting person. He was friendly towards me. So I think he would have been great on the show. It's a shame that he didn't respond. But maybe he was ill then, you know, who knows, because he's had leukaemia and that's what killed him off. So, um, unfortunately. But, yeah, it would have been interesting to, to, um, to have him on the show. But, yeah, a real legend he is. A real legend, Craig, yeah. missed. It's been a strange few months. So, do you think this time next month we'll still be in a position to knock out another episode of the Mystic Menagerie? I reckon we will be. But what if everyone dies except for me and you? We'd still record it, but they'd be not listen to it. Unless aliens... Just beam it's, it out into space. Space. And this aliens are taking over, and they think we'll spare these two. We like their podcast. You know what I mean? We'll we'll, we'll keep them. They can entertain us. They could be our you know our little puppets to record this once a month for us. You don't know. Yeah, I reckon we will be. I reckon we will be. 
Yeah, because the, the hour is nearly upon us, so that's that's flown by. If you've not listened to us before, as I say, there are another 50-plus hours of the Mystic Menagerie on iTunes, and we cover every single topic you can possibly imagine from fairies to the Loch Ness Monster to most paranormal subjects and we also interview quite a lot of a few famous people don't we Freddie? Yeah we've got some great people we've got you know Matt Fraser American Horror Story on there we've got Rice Sid Fred and Reece Smith Reece Shear Smith of course yeah brilliant interview with him uh, so yeah if you're isolating and uh, you're home and you want to find something to do there's 50 hours that keep you through this isolation of spooky and, uh, and entertaining podcasts there that's it and also if you've made it through the full hour of the show and you're still with us um, there's another free gift for you as well and that is if you head over to uh, my website which is www.lebanoncircle.co.uk so that's Lebanon as the place and circle as the shape.co.uk you can also download all 16 copies of the Mystic Menagerie magazine which came out before we did the podcast so there's 16 copies of the magazine you can just download them as one complete pack and that's free as well anything to help you get through you know this period of isolation so you've got the podcast you've got the magazines and hopefully we'll be back with you again this time next month for another show yeah we are there for you that's what we before we come out of the wilderness back again to make sure everybody's all right we are. It. We're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, but we're yep. yeah, still doing still, the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and there's plenty more we can cover. You know, I mean, we cover so much, but there's so many subjects that we you know we could touch upon. But uh, yeah, this was a big thing, and we had to we had to do something about it, didn't we? We couldn't just let it go by without commenting on it or letting or talking about the theories behind it, all this stuff. Yeah, right. sort of yeah. Well, the thing is, we do we talk to each other quite regularly anyway for about an hour. So we just thought, yeah. well, why don't we just record those conversations and release it as a show? Because that, essentially, that's what the Mystic Menagerie was, but for four hours <laughs> yeah that's basically what it is it's basically me and you having a chat like we normally do and but recording it really is it's basically what, what, yeah. what's going on we we'll try and keep the language as clean as possible because our, our normal conversations with each other they're more colorful they are very they are very colorful <laughs> and yeah. uh, opinionated yes definitely <laughs> the, the right opinions as well <laughs> the right yeah, yeah they're our opinions so they're right, they're so, so they're right yeah. yeah but we will try and keep that out of out of these shows from now on so we're going to try and keep them politics free although we've had a little bit of politics in this show we'll try and keep it within the the guidelines that most people expect nowadays but don't be a little bit offended if we do sometimes overstep the mark by all means you know write us an email and give us a telling off because we like that kind of stuff as well yeah and if we do set out the mark we're just take we're just taking the mickey we're not serious seriously making any statements it's all fun so there we go. That's all from us for this episode of the Mystic Menagerie podcast. Freddie and I would like to say to you all, stay safe, stay well. Keep positive and we will be back. Hope you enjoyed the show and we shall see you very, very soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.